Welcome to Let's Talk Micro. Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Micro. Hope you had a good week. Um, I want to start once again by thanking everyone for the support. Thank you for the downloads. Uh, just to remember, Let's Talk Micro is available in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Audible, iHeartRadio, Pandora, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can find Let's Talk Micro. I am also on Instagram as Let's Talk Micro, and I am on Twitter as Let's Talk Micro 1. So last week, we finally started with the gram-negative rods, the biochemicals for the gram-negative rods. After having wrapped up the gram-positive cocci, so we talked about indole, right? If you remember, what is indole? So it is used to determine the organism's ability to hydrolyze tryptophan to form the compound indole. So a color compound is formed, and you have many manufacturers out there. I talked about the Dimaca indole, D-M-A-C-A, which detects the organism's ability to produce indole by the deamination of tryptophan. It's a very simple test. You get a piece of filter paper, you flood it with indole, and you apply the colony. And you look for a color reaction, you observe for two minutes. So you wait for two minutes. And a positive result, it's blue. Some other indole tests, uh, positive can be red. But for this one, it's a blue color. And then, of course, no color. It's a negative result. And you students out there, do you remember from which media should you take the colony that you use for indole? Always from blood agar. Just remember that. You should never use McConkey. You know, McConkey already has color in it. Uh, so you can get a false reaction. Like you can get, you know, using those pink colonies may already give you some sort of color. So you use blood agar. Of course, you know, there are organisms like Haemophilus that does not grow in blood agar. So in that case, you can use a chocolate plate. And you can use your chocolate plate also for your Nicerias, your in your Maraxella. Um, you can use it for your indole test and for your oxidase. So you can perform those biochemicals from the chocolate plate. But basically, if you have a blood agar plate, you use that. That's an indicated plate for your indole test. And we also cover some reactions, right? Uh, we talked about some groups like the enterobacteriales that you can have different reactions. Um, I talked about E. coli, which is indole positive. I talked about Klebsiella. I talked about Proteus. Uh, remember, you students out there, like a uh, very typical question that you get asked on test when you're doing clinical rotations. If you have a Klebsiella pneumoniae, what's the indole result versus a Klebsiella oxytocin? So Klebsiella pneumoniae is indole negative. And Klebsiella oxytoca is indole positive. And for Proteus, Proteus mirabilis is indole negative, and Proteus vulgaris is indole positive. In addition to the Enterobacteriales, 
I also talked about Haemophilus, which is indole positive, Pastorella indole positive, and you have the non-fermenting gram-negative rods, uh, a group of gram-negative rods that they do not ferment lactose, and you can have varied reactions with this. You know, Pseudomonas is indole negative, um, Flavobacterium is indole positive, Acinetobacter, Stenotrophomonas, Acromobacter, they're all indole negative. So you can have better reactions, just like the enterobacteriales. So now that we know about indole, that brings us to today's episode, which is oxidase. So some organisms, they have an enzyme called cytochrome oxidase. And this enzyme, you know, it participates in electron transport. And just like indole, it's a very simple test. So basically, you um, perform it by flooding colonies with 1% tetramethylp-phenylenediamine dihydrochloride. Wow, say that three times fast, huh? So if the organism has the enzyme, a color is formed. So you get a filter paper, you flood it with the reagent, and then you can use a stick to add your colony. Just like the indole, grab the colonies from your blood agar plate. And if you can also use the chocolate, but it's always, if it grows on blood agar, you should use the blood agar plate. So uh, a positive reaction is considered, it's a purple color, developed within 30 seconds. So when you had your indole, you were looking at two minutes. And now for your oxidase, you're waiting 30 seconds. So a negative reaction is no color development. Um, with this method, you know, with the filter paper method, I think sometimes you know some organisms they have a weak reaction, so you can appreciate it better using a swab. Uh, especially like I will say pastorella, like a lot of times, you know, pastorella oxidase positive, but you can have these weak reactions, and you put it on the filter paper. And you can barely see them. It's like almost you're imagining it. But however, you get those colonies in your swab, and then you can see the purple color. So indole works beautiful on the filter paper. Touch your colony. If it's positive, you're going to see it. But with the oxidase, yeah, it changes sometimes. So for the weak reactions, it's best to use the swab. So if you have an organism that you know it should be oxidase positive and you're not getting that reaction on the filter paper, I will say, you know, just get a swab and then use that for your test. And it works great, trust me. So just to recap, filter paper or swab, uh, you're using filter paper, flood the paper with the reagent, you know, and they come just like these little droppers, flood the paper, and then add your colonies, wait 30 seconds. If you're using the swab, swab a colony, add your reagent, wait for 30 seconds. Very simple. So now let's talk about reactions. So from what you saw from indole, you can have varied reactions, right? Your non-fermenting gram-negative rods, some can be positive, some can be negative. With the enterobacteriales or enterobacteriaceae, 
uh, you can have very indole results, right? I just mentioned it. You know, E. coli is indole positive. Cleb, depending on the species, you can have positive and negative. Same with Proteus. Um, Citrobacter is another one that you can have indole negative for Frondi, and then you can have indole positive for Coseri. But when you're talking about oxidase, and you text know where I'm going with this, for the Enterobacterialis, there are no varied results. And this is something good for your students out there too. All Enterobacterialis are oxidase negative. And I'm gonna say it again. All Enterobacterialis or Enterobacteraceae are oxidase negative. No exceptions. They are oxidase negative. So you find your, if you find yourself with an organism that is oxidase positive, you do not have, it is not a member of the Enterobacterialis. They are all oxidase negative. So students out there, remember this. If you have an oxidase negative gram negative rod, it is not an Enterobacteraceae. And why is it not an Enterobacteraceae? because all Enterobacteraceae are oxidase negative, or what you call them now, Enterobacterales. So let's talk about some reactions, okay? So the Enterobacteriales are oxidase negative, and then with your non-fermenting gram-negative rods, you can have varied results. So, and I always like to you know, reinforce some points when I talk. So non-fermenting gram-negative rods, uh, once again, you know, there are a group of organisms that do not ferment lactose, and they can be implicated in various diseases, such as UTIs, septicemia, and some are seen in cystic fibrosis patients. Do you remember which ones? So you have Pseudomonas, Burkholderia, Stenotrophomonas, uh, these are seen in, in cystic fibrosis patients. And um, so these organisms, they, you know, they tend to be more serious as far as having infections with them uh, because they're more resistant to antibiotics. They have a natural or intrinsic resistance uh, more than your Enterobacteriaceae or Enterobacteriales. The enterobacteriales tend to be fairly susceptible, you know, unless you have an ESBL, uh, you have a carbapenem resistance. Um, but with these groups, they tend to be more resistant in nature, especially like stenotrophomonas. When you put steno on the Vitec, I mean, it will give you susceptibilities for levofloxacin and for um, SXT. So definitely very resistant in nature. So these organisms, when you are working up in the, you know, working up cultures in the bench, you have to rule them out. I mean, if you see them, you have to work them up. You have to do ID and susceptibilities on these non-fermenting gram-negative rods. Whereas when you have an enteric source, like the abdomen or a rectal source, and you have, you know, two to three or more enterobacteriales, you can typically mix those, you know, say mix enteric flora, or you can say mix gram-negative rods. 
but you shouldn't mix the non-fermenting gram-negative rods. You do need to work them up. And also, no, not only are they resistant in nature, but they also grow on hospital equipment. I mean, they, they can survive for extended periods of time. So they can cause nosocomial infections. And yeah, they, they, they tend to resist you know, cleaning sometimes. I always like to tell the story about um, a friend that I have in nurse that they had this patient with Acinetobacter. And the patient was discharged. And two months after the fact, they were still culturing the room. And the organism kept coming up, coming up. So it's, you know, it makes you think twice, right, when about being hospitalized, uh, what you can get in there. But, you know, these things, yeah, they can survive in hospital equipment. You know, it's not something that we liked, but it's just the way it is. So these are, these are definitely very serious organisms. So with these, you can have very reactions, like I said. So Pseudomonas aeruginosa is oxidase positive. Um, you know, I'm going to touch briefly on Pseudomonas because we will, there, there will be an episode about it. So it's the most commonly encountered gram-negative rod that is not an enterobacterialis. And it is rarely a part of the human flora. So Pseudomonas aeruginosa is oxidase positive. Most species of Pseudomonas are oxidase positive as well, with the exception of Pseudomonas luteola, which is oxidase negative. So Pseudomonas, definitely you see it a lot on UTIs, which is urinary tract infections. Do you know which, this, which is the number one gram-negative run that causes UTIs? If you were thinking E. coli, you're right. So definitely you see a lot of pseudomonas in uh, urine cultures and in other cultures as well. So like I said, it's the most common gram-negative rod that is not part of the enterobacterialis. You know, it likes the, as far as the habitat, you know, it's environment, it likes, it's in the soil, water, and plants, and survives well in domestic environments like hot tubs, and um, hospital environments, showers, respiratory equipment. Yes, and I did say hot tubs. So be careful out there when you're using one um, that you don't get a, an infection with Pseudomonas aeruginosa. So another member of the non-fermenting gram-negative rods, you have your Burkholderia. This one is oxidase positive as well. The same thing, you know, this one lives in the water, soil, not part of the human flora. Um, definitely one of the major pathogens on cystic fibrosis patients. And you can also see it in other infections such as urine and respiratory tract infections. And then that brings us to Acinetobacter. So this one is oxidase negative. As far as the habitat, you know, it's widely distributed in nature. Um, it also, like I mentioned, definitely likes the hospital equipment. You know, that thing, that organism survived two months in that hospital room. So definitely 
for healthcare workers out there, make sure that you know you always always wear your PPE and make sure that all equipments are properly clean. So now we're seeing the the variants. You know, we have pseudomonas and Burkholderia, which are oxidase positive, with the exception of Pseudomonas luteola. And then you have Acinetobacter, which is oxidase negative. I always, Acinetobacter is fascinating. I mean, it's a very serious organism. But as far as its morphology, you know, it's plump, plump cocobacilli. And a lot of times it likes to stain purple. So this one, it's definitely, it tends to get the text. Like a typical scenario, blood culture, you call it gram positive cocci. And then next thing you know on the bench, it's growing on McConkie. So I always like to, students out there, and even new techs, go ahead and if you see a Cinebacter, gram stain it. Continue repeating and make multiple slides, stain them. That way you can get familiar with it. But yeah, definitely a lot of times it likes to stain purple. And techs can make the mistake of calling it gram positive coxine. So then we have Stenotrophomonas, which is oxidase negative. Widely distributed in nature and it's also found in moist hospital environments. Definitely can uh, become part of uh, the respiratory flora in patients that are hospitalized for prolonged periods. So with this organism, most infections are nosocomial and they include bacteremia, pneumonia, and wound infections. So now we have two organisms that are, two species that are oxidase positive and two that are oxidase negative. Another organism uh, from this group is Acromobacter and this one is oxidase positive. And just like the other ones that I mentioned like Acinetobacter and Stenotrophomonas, uh, it likes the hospital equipment too. And you know, it can be transmitted when you have uh, exposure to contaminated fluids such as soaps, disinfectants, and IV fluids. And infections with it, they usually involve comp immunocompromised patients, and they include meningitis, pneumonia, otitis media, UTIs, and bacteremia. So, acromobacter oxidase positive. So, now we leave the non fermenting gram negative rods. And then we go to the fastidious gram-negative rods, which are, you know, you have Iconella, Pastorella, and Haemophilus. So I will do an episode about this, but fastidious gram-negative rods, you know, they have special requirements or they do not grow media. They have special growth requirements like Haemophilus. Then uh, these the X and V factor, so it doesn't grow on blood agar. Um, Pastorella does not grow on McConkie, with the exception of Pastorella erogenes, and Iconella does not grow on McConkie either. So these three organisms, they are oxidase positive.
Pastorella, Eichenella, and Haemophilus. And they are part of the fastidious gram-negative rods um, because, you know, they have some special growth requirements or they will not grow on certain agar. And as you know, Eichenella and Haemophilus, they're part of the Hasek group, which is a group of gram-negative rods that are known for causing endocarditis. I mean, endocarditis is not, is not exclusive to this group, but these organisms, they're known for causing it. And with Eichenella, you know, Eichenella's respiratory flora, I always like it. I mean, it smells like bleach. You should never smell plates, disclaimer. But it does give a, a bleach smell. And definitely you see it uh, involved in when you have bites, if you get in fist fights, you see it. I mean, I always like to mention um, there was a, those of you out there that like forensic files, there was an episode where there was an attacker and the victim, she bit the attacker. And then so a few days later, someone shows up to the ER with an infected hand and it had high canela. It had high canela. So definitely if you bite someone, um, you will see it. It's respiratory flora, but when you have it in wounds, it causes infection. So this person was brought in as a suspect because he had the bite, and they just mentioned that the organism was Eichenella. So it was pretty cool. He got arrested for that. You can also see it sometimes, you know, like with uh, in pediatric patients. Sometimes, you know, like kids, siblings, or one bites the other. So you can see it in children. They come in with uh, some sort of facial wound. And you can, and it comes with Eichenella because it is part of your respiratory flora. So these are oxidase positive, your fastidious gram-negative rods. You can have uh, very varied results with your non-fermenting gram-negative rods and with the enterobacteriales, they are all oxidase negative. And I don't know if you've listened to the indole episode and now listening to the oxidase episode, you've seen that some organisms can have both. They can be both indole and oxidase positive. So for example, like uh, pastorella, it's indole and oxidase positive. You can species of Haemophilus can be indole and oxidase positive. Uh, you have Aromonas. It's also uh, non-fermenting gram-negative run. Aromonas is involved in, in um, gastrointestinal infections. And it's indole and oxidase positive. I always like the first time I had it. I mean, I, I like the way it looks on the plate, but I was just fascinated by having an, an organism that's indole and oxidase positive. Most of you that work on the bench, you know that most organisms are either one or the other. When you're enterobacteriales, you have very indole results, never an oxidase positive result. Uh, with the non-fermenting, the same thing, you can have varied indole um, and oxidase results. Uh, but most organisms are one or the other. 
or negative for both, but in the case of aromonas, its indole anoxid is positive. So you can have organisms that can be positive for both. I don't know, it's something about, to me, it's just fascinating having this. So, aromonas, indole anoxid is positive. Pastorella, indole anoxid is positive. And Haemophilus, some species, indole anoxid is positive. And that, my dear audience, is the end of this episode. As always, I hope you enjoy listening about oxidase. I certainly enjoy talking about it. Stay motivated. Stay safe. Continue bringing that passion into your work. That's the best. I mean, those of us that work in this field, it's such an amazing, um, an amazing field. We see so many organisms, but bring that passion. I mean, it makes everything better, brings out the best in you. So continue doing that, please. And I mentioned at the beginning of this, when I started the podcast, that eventually I wanted to start doing interviews. So stay tuned. I am in the process of working on an interview, um, but I will let you know more about it then want to have more information so stay tuned continue listening thank you for the support and continue talking micro see you next time